Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show. I'm Alex Christensen, and today we're going to talk all things Women's Tennis Association. That's right, folks. The Australian Open is done. They ran out of nicknames for all these Melbourne tournaments, or they ran out of numbers. <laughs> I don't know. They're out of Australia. We're back all over the world. We've got European hardcore tennis back. Most of the great players are in Doha, but we got two really fun tournaments to talk about. And I know, Spread, I know you're really excited. Are you excited? Am I right? I'm excited. I mean, I think this is the first podcast I've done uh, since I named Dasha that she's a uh, champion. She won a championship <laughs> since the last time. Congratulations. We spoke, so, I mean, Do we have the championship kitty in reach. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, not in reach. No, no, no. But she's been uh, she's been getting spoiled this week. And and we're quite happy uh, that someone actually broke the kitten curse. We love it, folks. And, you know, for those of you who are longtime listeners, I'm sure you understand the joke. But, John, do you maybe want to talk to the people about spread and his 18 cats? And, and it's uh, there's a Penko. There's a Dasha. Is there anybody else, John? I can't remember. No, no one else right now. I don't think so, but we we told him we'd have to pay him to make sure that he didn't uh, name the Marina or Alina uh, <laughs> a couple of years back when all his players were were struggling. So I'm glad you that we don't have a Svitolina. Although she doesn't need to be cursed. She loses Grand Slams all on her own. <laughs> we all have limitations, folks. So let's jump into the tournaments. We'll start with Leon here. Um, you know, again, we've got two tournaments. We're back down to 32 players. So it's nice. We're kind of back into the rhythm of things. We'll go quarter by quarter here. Um, Leon indoors, hard court, Alexandrova here at the top of the first quarter. It is one of the stronger quarters, if not the strongest quarter, frankly, in the draw. You've got Alexandrova, Kirstea, Stojanovic, Georgie in there, Kuzmova, Gracheva. But this really feels like Alexandrova's tournament. You know, We were talking in some of the chats with some of our friends. Uh, my guess is when she was making her decision about where to be this week, she was thinking she had to qualify. Had she decided to be at Doha, I think she could have worked her way into the main entry with some withdrawals. But even then, I, I think this is just a much better place for her to be. The conditions are perfect. We have fast courts. They're indoors. She's in Europe. You start to look at this field. I think she is kind of head and shoulders here, the best player. And the market kind of confirms that. You look here. Um, we don't have a ton of futures, but as I look at odds, she's plus 350 at the few places we have. And it's hard to think that that's value in a WTA tournament. We're used to having a lot of players that have chances to win. But as I look through this, and you know, again, another thing we did before we got started here was we looked at some of the money lines. We went match by match, and it was hard for us to build a money line parlay for Alexandrova. Yeah. You know, looking across this tournament that was worse than three to one, so there might be just a little bit of value in plus three fifty. Um, I'll start with you here, John. What do you think? Should should we be looking at the yacht right here? Is is the world turned upside down, and we're going to be betting short favorites in uh, WTA tournaments? I mean, it, it does seem really enticing that that qualifier still to be placed is is going to be an intriguing um, kind of thing to talk about. We we look at the qualifier, the potential qualifiers, I should say, uh, coming off their fi- their final round tomorrow, and there's some there's some names that could be really intriguing, and then there's others that are just absolutely not scary at all. And you know, if you get someone like a Barbara Haas um, in the into that spot, I don't think you're gonna you know, you're going to be worried at all about an early exit from uh, Ekaterina. I think that this is certainly a, a draw that that shapes up well for her. I think uh, she has the possibility to play someone that, you know, no disrespect to, to some of these qualifiers that she should really handle. Um, you know, Gracheva is a, a good young player, and I, I'd like to see um, how Babel, sh- maybe her, her serve might look decent in that first round match, and maybe she can serve um, her way into being competitive. I'm not sure. I doubt it. 
and then of course you've got some 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 bigger servers and strikers of the ball in that second section, but none as talented, none uh, as consistent as Alexandrova, Kirstea, Stojanovic, Kuzmova, and Georgie are all extremely um, you know big servers or strikers, but also have trouble playing with any sort of consistency. Um, and Alexandrova is going to be able to hit with them just fine. So this is this is a really nice quarter for her, uh, and just a nice tournament as a whole, I think. Yes, Fred, do you see any names here at the bottom? You know, again, at the bottom section of the first quarter, we have Kuzmova, who we know hasn't been playing well, but if there were ever conditions that she would like to play, these should be it. We have Georgie, who we know can be hot, if, if not only just on our Instagram account. We've got Stojanovic <laughs> and Kirstea, who we like to bet on quite a bit. Um, what do you think, Spread? If you had to pick somebody from this bottom four to beat Alexandrova, who should she be most concerned about? I know you guys probably think the red line Georgie is an issue. I guess I don't really know how much the red line Georgie even exists anymore and definitely not right. from multiple matches in a row. So I will go with Kirstea. I think that she made a huge improvement on Horcourts last year. Um, she's consistent enough and, and, you know, she can use some quickness, hopefully hold serve with Alexandrova and, and that would allow her to get the victory. But I mean, to echo your, your further, your earlier comments, I mean, um, this field is nothing compared to the Doha field, right? It's almost like a tale of two cities, right? The best of fields, the worst of fields. And normally we don't like chalk in the WTA, but I think this is a case where we need to look at it because going back to Doha, there will be players that are eliminated this weekend during qualifications that are stronger than the main entrance in this Lyon field, which I think gives Alexandrova the, the huge advantage. So while I can, you know, come up and, and, construct this kind of path to victory for Kristea. I think you hit it right on your head and, and let's go simple. And I like the Alexandrova look out of this quarter. Now a question that I know you guys aren't prepared for. Um, who do you think the second best player in this tournament is? The whole tournament? As we start to look at it again, I, I think we all agree Alexandrova is, is clearly the best and, you know, I think would be the best player on card courts, indoor, outdoor, frankly, we're, we're not only just the fact that all this stuff helps. I mean, I'll, st I'll start with you, John. Who do you think the second best player in this field is? Uh, I'd go with – I'd probably give Carolyn, Car Caroline Garcia the nod uh, just because, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm the last person apparently um, that refuses to just blind fade her. Uh, I do think she loses her opening match though here. So, I mean, even the second best player in the field I think uh, could have a really tough time. Osando Dank, considering the conditions, might be – uh, the the second best player for this particular tournament. She might be the second best player in this field. I think she's fairly underrated, under the radar, but uh, those French indoor quick court tournaments, she uh, she thrives in. So it should be an interesting uh, first round match. That's probably the match of the first round for me, to be honest. Yeah, it took the words out of my mouth. I think the winner of that match, frankly, um, is probably the second best player here. How about you, Spread, as you, as you look through this group, who do you think is yeah. the second best player? I mean, Harry's right. Considering the conditions, I might say Dodan, but let's just say all court, you know, throw him at any court on random. I would probably say Sasnovich, or as wild as it sounds, Bouchard, just because she has such a high ceiling. But, I mean, you guys are right. I mean, Alexandrova's head and shoulders above the rest of the field, and I think that's illustrated by how tough it is to even answer that question. I mean, yeah. we, we're down on Mladenovich, right? Fiona Farrow. She's the number two seed, but I mean, I think that the gap between the one and two seed, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It'd be like if, um, you know, on the men's side, if Djokovic entered and there wasn't an adult or a Federer, I mean, that's how much the gap is there. So I, uh, I think that's a great question. And I think, I guess I would say Sasnovich, 
but I don't even know if I even really believe that that much. <laughs> All right. The only other name I'm going to throw into the ring is Bedoza, and we'll put a pin in that. That'll be a good comparison um, of the tournaments this week. Um, but let's move forward. You know, again, Alexandrov I like, and I see value in that outright, but I'm not going to bet it till the qualifiers are placed. I don't think the price at plus 350 is going to move very much, and you know, we'll kind of rerun things based on how that is. So I like Alexandrov, and I think there's some value there, but I'm going to wait a little bit. Let's jump into the second quarter here. Um, where John, I know there's someone you're excited to fade. Um, yeah, I think Christina Miladinovic is probably going to be getting some respect. She's going to have the hitting edge on a lot of these players. She's going to have, um, you know, the pedigree, I suppose, or the 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 you know kind of better best record among a lot of these players, if you will, for lack of a better term. But I, I don't think that. I'm going to be excited to to back her. And in fact, I'm going to be the reverse. I'm going to be excited to fade her this week. Um, starting probably in round one, I like Mihaela, uh, her game. I like the way she can, um, you know, place her serve. She will she could track down a lot of balls. And I do think that Milenovic is going to be very, very either red line or bust um, in, in those kinds of rallies. So I, I do think it's going to be a, a battle of a, attrition in terms of who can impose their style. And to me, that presents a lot of number in that individual match. But, you know, obviously we'll talk about that later as well. Um, I just this 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 quarter, sorry, is just devoid of a lot of uh, really strong talent. I think Harmony Tan against Paula Bedosa. I think a lot of people are going to look at Bedosa Hebert and think, uh, you know, she's probably the second best player in this quarter. But I don't know how many people are aware of Harmony Tan or, or her game and and how well it could play on you know these quicker green set hard courts uh, in France. And I'm not sure Paula. You know, I think Paula could could very well have to uh, get up to speed. Um, you know, no pun intended there, a lot in that first round match and throughout the tournament. I just don't know if these are the conditions for her. So I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and um, I think for the outright market we were talking beforehand, someone like Katarina Zavatska or Harmony Tan. In this quarter, I think the best thing you can do is try and take someone that has a huge price and then, um, you know, hope, hope they match up in the semis with Katarina Alexandrova if, if you do take that, um, that first quarter chalk. Yeah, and... I know, folks, it's annoying um, for us to say, let's wait and see will the qualifiers are placed. But yeah. Zavatsky, again, I like that number at 66 to 1. And similar to Alexandro, I don't think it's going to move too much based on how the qualifiers fall, but I would love to have that little piece of information. So we know we're getting this out a little bit early, but don't worry, we'll tweet all this stuff out once qualifiers are placed. Um, so you kind of get ahead of that. Um, we'll tweet out a couple of notes and kind of our thoughts and things. But, you know, put, let's put a pin in Zavatsky. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, definitely. Uh, which qualifiers would you be afraid of, like, that she would get matched up with that you don't like the matchup? Towson. It seemed like it would be that the would biggest be, concern. So what do you think, John? Towson, that's, that's the one that we pull the, the plug and don't don't take the 66 to 1. Towson for, for me, I think. But what do I you think, think Gasparian. Gasparian could be tough there as well. It's like, like you mentioned, and the reason why we're bringing this up a few times already off the top is just because there are, like, it, the thing here is that the qualifiers are just people who, should will probably be routine in their first round match or could be very competitive. There's not a whole lot of in between. There's not a whole lot of, you know, average players on the surface. I think someone like Leonie Kung, uh, she's a huge underdog in her second qualifying round match, but she could be potentially dangerous. I'm not sold on Golubich being too dangerous in this yet, but I mean, she's looked a lot better this year than she had um, in the last little while. So maybe even she, like the winner of that match, whoever it is, could be potentially dangerous. And then Tossin and Gasparian, and then the rest of them, there's a lot of them that just don't scare me at all. So mm. it really is going to be heavily dependent um, on who lands there. And it's kind of tough to assess outrights because of that. And frankly, maybe the better lesson here is 
the convenient part of outright prices being slower to update than individual match odds. So if these qualifiers come out, you know, and, and say, for example, Tomova upsets Freck and Tomova's right there, mm-hmm. I think Zavatska is going to be a real solid favorite there in the first round and we'll still have a chance at 66 to 1 versus, you know, now we look at it, say it's, you know, like somebody like Towson or Gasparian, I'm going to be a little more uncomfortable because that line will be a lot closer and we'll still probably have 66 to 1 or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great explanation. The only other thought here as we look at the second quarter, you know, Bedosa is somebody we would usually like to bet. Be careful with her this week. Um, she had a very long quarantine. She actually had COVID, um, you know, basically was off a court for three weeks, played a three-set match, and hasn't done anything for two and a half weeks. So that's why we're not excited and kind of passing on her here. Um, any other thoughts, guys, before we jump into the third quarter? No, let's go to the third. We've got Dodan, Garcia, a whole bunch of very interesting first-round matches here. Um, it really comes down to me, the winner of Dodan, Garcia. It's really just a shame that they're playing each other here in the first round. Um, Eileen Dodan here, I've got her to win this first-round match. This is another one I'm going to wait and see who the winner is in the first round and kind of go from there. Um, John, what do you think? Yeah, it's that's it's certainly one to watch. I think Ji Wong could be fun. Um, it, it, you know, use that serve to potentially make make a nice run on the WTA tour for I believe it will be the first time for her. She's a very uh, good young uh, Chinese player and and you know Aron Charus isn't playing her best tennis right now. The the second round with with Minin and Kava could be uh very winnable and then she would it would be the quarters where she would play the the potential of Dodan or Garcia. And I mean this this is a, a draw where if she's gonna you know take that next step onto the WTA tour, this is probably the place to do it. That makes perfect sense. What do you see here, Spread? Yeah, I think Great Minin would be a dark horse to consider as well. Uh, almost reminds me of Krejcikova, where she, you know, she was the worst singles player of the doubles partnership, and she's starting to move up, right? <laughs> starting to play a little better than her uh, more accomplished partner. And I think that you know, with her ability to serve the quick courts, and um, you know, we talked about this draw not being, you know, a murderer's row. Uh, I think she's got a great chance to kind of make a name for herself too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if she won a couple matches and maybe even, you know, were to win that second round match between the winner of, of Wong and Ruth. So um, I think a is someone to watch and would be my dark horse candidate for this quarter. Yeah. I like that you said Krejcikova. I know that her and Sinyakova will probably do better overall playing doubles in Doha, but I think this actually would have been a nice spot for Krejcikova to build up some points on the for singles. For both of them, and I think. I think she could have made a run here. Well in this draw. The only other underdog I have here is Ji Wang. I actually played her at 50 to 1 to win this tournament, and I've got her to beat Roos here in the first round. I think that she has a chance to win that match and kind of move through this quarter. And when we get to the next quarter, you'll see why I think you should just be looking to attack people in this quarter. So and neither of you guys pulled Dodan the trigger on Dodan? I'm sorry? Neither of you guys pulled the trigger on Dodan? I want to see who wins that match. I, I think that. You know, as I look at the market, Garcia last time is ten to one. Dodan's twelve to one. Yeah. I mean, maybe that moves to eight or nine, but I, I'd rather have that knowing what happens. I don't. What do you think, John? Yeah, it's. I'm not going to take the out right there. Um, I missed the the number you got on the uh, on the individual match too. So, uh, no, I'm I'm just going to enjoy that uh, that first round match. I'm not going to take an out right on Dodan though. Got it. Okay. All right, let's jump into the fourth quarter, and you know, spread. We'll let you take it away. Um, how do you feel about this quarter? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like this. I like this quarter. This quarter's kind of got the big names without the form, right? Uh, Cornet, we've known for a while, right? It, she's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, definitely expressive and emotive. She's going against Clara Burrell, who not as big a name, but maybe at this point uh, as as sharp. Or, or maybe a little sharper than Cornet is at this point. Sastinovich is someone that I was really enjoying that never really took the next step. But, you know, you consider her a solid top 50 player. Bouchard probably has the most natural talent, all of them in the highest ceiling. But we know how she is hmm. with the, um, you know, back and forth between tennis and all our other interests. We'll get three qualifiers here. So we spoke before about wondering who gets there. But, I mean, boy, if you're a Towson or a Gasparian, wouldn't this be a quarter that you'd want to jump in yeah. right off the bat? And then Fiona Farrow, who, I have to be honest, I do underrate her. And I think that she's better than I've been giving her credit for. So I kind of want to stay away from, from analyzing her or getting in her way right now. But um, ideally, I don't know if this is the best surface for her. John, you've talked a lot about qualifiers. and We all kind of have. But why don't you take it away here a little bit? Um, which qualifiers would you like to be here in this quarter? Because um, I think this is the softest quarter. I mean, Bouchard Sastovich is kind of the most inter is an interesting match. But... I don't know if there's any top-level talent here. I think this is a spot where if you're a qualifier, you're kind of licking your chops and hoping you're down down here. Um, so what do you think, John? How would you attack that? What qualifiers are you hoping here? And you know, Maybe not to ask too much, but what outrights would you might attack versus match-to-match? -match? I do. I, I agree with spread here. I think that uh, I'd want to see Clara Tawson or um, Margarita Gasparian in this, in this spot. Uh, I think Farrell could pose a problem. She's very talented, good serve. That could be an issue. But other than her, the problem is all three qualifiers are so bunched up. You either play her in the first or second round, most likely, right? So that's the biggest issue with being a qualifier here is while the rest of the – if the rest of the quarter isn't great, the test, the sternest test is going to come very early, right? Um, but other, I, I would love to see Clara to Tossing down here. I think she could really do some damage here. She's got uh, an excellent serve, kind of, you know, an attitude adjustment still needs to be made, but she's still very young. She she looked great on quick courts in Altenkirchen, I believe, in Germany. I think she won that tournament, uh, a W25 event at the ITF level. So uh, certainly something I'll be, I'll be looking for is uh, is Clara Tossin if she can if she can get a decent placement here. So maybe to circle back for my own selfish desires, you both seem kind of optimism about optimistic about Pharaoh here. You know, I know we're in France and and maybe she's more comfortable there, but these just seem like the worst courts for her. Um, but you mentioned John, you think her serve might be okay here and hold up a little? Yeah, she's her serve should be able to play here. Okay, what do you think, Sprint? I mean, any other thoughts kind of on her game and how she lines up here? I think one of the biggest weaknesses, and Jorge talks about this with the men and and, and the Spanish flag, is that sometimes we pigeonhole these clay quarters and think that they can't have any type of success outside of the clay courts when a lot of times, you know, it does translate pretty well, especially, you know, when we're looking at a bracket where it's not like she's going against like a Dodan or, or you know, a player that really has the game built for this court. Right. I mean, um, maybe Bouchard, I guess, would, would be the one with the most, but we don't even know what we're going to get from her. I don't think Cornet is game is built for quick indoors and maybe Burrell. She, she's probably actually the one now that I think about it with the game most uh, suited for it. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I really have problems diagnosing Fiona for and how to take her in this tournament. So she's definitely going to be a wait and see for me. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she got knocked out early and would not be surprised if she was in the uh, semifinals or the finals. 
All right. So to go through and recap and, you know, stop me or add anything at the end if I missed anything, we don't have anything actionable at this exact particular moment. We're going to wait and see how qualifiers are placed. And, you know, again, apologies for making you wait, but we'll tweet that out at NetworthPod and let you know how that's going to go. I like Alexandra over three to one, you know, depending on who falls there. I think I'm going to play that. Um, I think, you know, John, you and I both like Zavatska there, depending on who falls there at 66 to one or so. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as we look down there at the bottom, you know, the winner of Dodan Garcia, I think if that's eight, nine, if we're lucky enough to have 10 to one, there's going to be some value there. Um, so we'll see how that goes after. If you really like Dodan, just roll the dice, grab the 12 to one. You're basically getting three to one on the first match, right? I want to wait. I, I just, I don't think that I'm going to get a much worse price for waiting one round. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah. So um, I think that'd be we'll something see. to keep an eye on. I actually think it will. I think that you're going to get a better price, you know, because I don't, I mean, what do you think that uh, Dodan's going to be lined out against Garcia? You well, right now it. it's about a pick em. Yeah. And so if it's it moving closer 12 to, to one to nine to one for a pick em, that doesn't seem right. Does it? What do you think, John? Uh, not, not really. Uh, I don't. Not really. I guess. Uh, I just. I'm not really intrigued that much by that match. <laughs> maybe the better. Maybe the better answer is I don't love twelve to one with her having to play Garcia in the first round. But if she wins that match and it doesn't move a lot, so you know maybe we end up both end up being right. You're correct. I'm number yeah. moves more than I think. And twelve to one wasn't value anyway. So yeah, I mean, you know. if I'm doing that, I'm basically just getting it to try and have a nice hedge assuming that she's going to be uh, going against Alexandrova, right? I mean, yeah, I'd rather just, I guess I don't really believe in her to win the tournament, which is why I didn't place the bet. Okay. All right. Again, were there any outrights I missed guys? Like I said, if, if we have anything as quarter prices open or things yeah. stretch out, we'll, we'll tweet them out at the net worth pot account. But I think that puts a bow on the Leon draw unless John, you had something. No, that that's exactly it. And, and, you know, Zavaska is the exact person that the reason why we don't want to, advise anything in, in a certain way because if it is going to be let's say the winner of the Haas and who's Haas Haas is playing I think Gato Montecone winner of that match you know I'm liking the, the outright we may not see that number um but if you can get on it quickly when they place them that'll be that'll be awesome before 365 moves the line um and then of course if it's tossing it, it's not looking nearly as nice so it is very contingent on uh, on tomorrow's matches Makes sense. All right, guys, let's jump into the first round matches. We will start with Babosh against Gracheva here. Babosh plus 122 or 2.22. Uh, we've got Gracheva minus 149, which puts her right around 1.67. Um, I played Gracheva at a little better number, um, you know, right around minus 130 or 1.77, I think. Yeah. Um, any angles from you guys on this match? I, I'm still somewhat undecided if I'm going to jump in on Gracheva here. I do think that, man, her, her ability from the baseline could really come into play here, but I just wonder if Babosh's serve is going to carry her. She has looked better this year than she did last. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to fade her yet. Uh, losing 10 cents already on that price kind of made might make that decision. Uh, it's made it really tough because it, it's right on the border for me now, whereas I think $1.77 would have been a lot easier to to just pull the trigger. Yeah, I might go back and, you know, again, we're a little early here, so we'll see as spreads open up. I might go look at some alt spreads there. You know, Gracheva minus three, minus three and a half. You know, John, I know you love the alt spreads. Anything like that interest you? Um, Yeah, I do believe if she wins, it's going to be like a three and four kind of match. Uh, if it's uh, if it's going to be close, it's probably because Babosh is serving well. And if that's the case, there's a 
good chance she pulls the upset and the value's gone on the money line anyway. So if she's going to win, I would I would definitely look at some uh, alt spreads when they drop over. I think it's really just Bovada that, that gives you a massive amount of alt spreads. Uh, perhaps Camby uh, has a couple. And yeah, Camby will, will do the main ones and then they'll skip a couple games. I mean, but Bovada will just give you like all the different options. Yeah, Pinnacle will get you out to like plus 130 or 40, uh, usually with five different spreads. But um, yeah, I would I would look to sell um, if, if you're going to going to back her here speaking of spreads anything to add here mr astaire uh i just think the babos has been playing better uh than we had given her credit for so i'm kind of afraid to get in front of her that's why i made this match a no play cornet burrell cornet minus 154 or right around 1.65 uh burrell plus 125 or 2.25 anything for you guys here just kind of scream stay away from me uh, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by the Cornet price at anything cheaper than minus 200 or $1.50. Really? Yeah, because Burrell, while she's playing well, is yeah. uh, Clara is playing in Poitiers this week, and she's playing the final tomorrow. Um, and then we'll have to come. You know how I like to to get those fatigue fades in. Love is that, that going to be much of a fatigue, though? What's what's the trip there? Uh, it's it's not a travel spot, but it's fatigue yeah. spot. It's long week. The week it's just, it's just the matches. Right? She's 19. She's a kid. Yeah, exactly. And her matches, I'm looking at them, a couple three setters. She's played two tie breaks and a and a 12 game set. Um the like the six one set she had today was followed up by a tie break. The six one set she lost in the second round was followed up by two more sets. You know, she played a three setter in the quarters. She hasn't had a really clean, clean match since her first round. And and I wonder if tomorrow, like if she plays three sets against Daria Snigur, who she very well could. I think Snigur's got a very good chance in that, by the way. Um, you know, if, if that's gonna be a close long match, Cornet, who is also gonna make try to extend uh, extend points and extend rallies that looks like a nice play at cheaper than a dollar 50 and that might be another one again where maybe i look at kind of an alt thing there uh, just cornet's in just such bad form and i just hate it in front of a young player I, I appreciate what you're saying about fatigue but i don't know if that again applies to someone who's, who's kind of so young but you know corner cornet this could be just kind of her rallying point given her tough start yeah i was actually looking at the dog here i like the way that burrell's been playing and um, I don't know. I guess I just can't trust Cornet. And she typically has done worse at home, right? She's not a player that feeds well off the home crowd, although is there, is there even any a crowd at all? Is there going to be one spectator in there? I doubt it. I don't think there has been in Montpellier or any of the French challengers. Right, I don't think there's been right. any crowds. That's a good point. I don't, maybe maybe I'm overrating that. Yeah, I was looking at Burrell there, but I, I didn't pull the trigger. So I'll be interested to see how it turns out. Next match is going to be a lot of fun. Dodan against Garcia. We already kind of teed this up and talked about the angles. I was able to get Dodan a little better number. She's plus 112 or 2.12 now. Garcia minus 139 or uh, right around 1.72, I think. 7.3 maybe. Um, you know, spread, what do you see here? I mean, it, should we be taking Dodan as a dog? Do you think she should be favored here? I don't know if she should be favored, but I'm going to take her as a dog just because, I mean, I like the way that – she plays better, and I think this is the perfect surface for her. Um, you know, the only thing that doesn't make it a bigger play is she hasn't really been playing that well, right? I mean, um, losing in the in these smaller events um, to the weaker players. So hopefully she can get it right when she gets home. Um, so I, I don't love this, but I'll probably have a small amount on Dodan, even though you're going to have a better price than me, I, I assume. I don't see the comeback on Caro. Do you guys? No. What do you see here, John? Um, yeah, I, I... – I'm passing at this number. Uh, I think it, it's probably getting towards being the correct line. 
Uh, Kiaru has the ability again. It's just it's I the reason why I can't just oppose her is because she is so talented. She does have the serve. She can really hit. Um, you know, and it's like she could she could beat Dodain six four six four just because she does have the more dynamic game, and she's not going to have trouble um, holding serve. Uh, you know, I think she's probably the, the better returner of the two, right? So it, it, that gives her an advantage. And I do think she's a deserved slight favorite. I don't think she should have been, you know, I don't think Donate should have been out near plus 150 where you got her. So I think that was an excellent play. But it's come down not like five or 10 cents. It's like 30 cents on the dollar now. So, I mean, for me, that kind of wipes out the value. You move 30 cents, by the way. And we're talking about, you know, going from borderline to, you know, one and a half units becoming no value anymore. Like not just knocking it down to a half unit. Like you lose, that's a lot. That's a big movement. So. Next match, one of the toughest, if not the toughest, matches to assess from a value perspective. Camilla Georgie is minus <laughs> 133 or 1.3, which she should never be. And Victoria Kuzmova is plus 258 or, or 3.58, which we'd love to take, but she has just been horrible for, God, a calendar year at this point. Um, I'll start with you here, Spread. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking – if you're betting on this match, I mean, good luck. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're seeing. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Did you bet it? I'm going to. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I Remember, gotta hear when, this. When Noop, says, is, when Noop says, when Noop says three dollars, Cincinnati. That's yeah. Sure. I mean, it's, the value is on Kuzmova. You just yeah. need the courage and the fortitude to I take mean, your hard-earned money and go here, Victoria Kuzmova. I think <laughs> you're gonna win. Now, one thing to preface here, and one thing to kind of stipulate before we talk about, like. The average price across books is $3.35, but that's nowhere near the best price. I mean, $3.40 is close to that at Bet365, but the books I use, the offshores, Bet365, Bet Hard, Cool Bet, and Pinnacle, the like respectively, the prices are $3.40, $3.80, $3.72, $3.78. So it's, you know, 40 something cents. And in these, when you get to these odds, 40 cents seems like a lot, but it's actually not in terms of the implied probabilities. Like the higher the prices go, the less of a percentage chain in, 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 in implied probabilities you get with, you know, 10 cents at $1.90 is different from 10 cents at $3.60. I think that's important to note. But at the same time, it's like, it's still enough that it's going to be a, a percentage point or two uh, different, which can make all the, all the difference in the world. And I do think that at $3.80, where I'll likely bet this, um, I, I don't see how I can't play this. I think Kuzmova, if she can serve well, is going to keep this, you know, razor thin she's not gonna get blown out or, or or i think um probably win a close one i think those are your your realistic options here uh if she goes three and loses then i'll probably you know i'll be okay with that because i i have done a lot more stacking with my underdogs this year a lot more plus one and a half sets and money line combinations uh, and i do think if she can serve well for a set it's just there's there's a lot of value in this number god bless you sir i commend you for your courage yeah i have to say that that's awesome <laughs> Greet Minin minus 435, you know, right around 1.24 against Katarzyna, not Katarina, not Katarzyna, Katarzyna, it's hard to say, Kawa, plus 326 or 4.26. You know, John, I see you licking your chops there a little bit. You got another underdog uh, sprinkler <sighs> stack for us? Man, it's like, gosh, these the, the courts just make this so kind of like hold your nose when you're placing your bet. But again, it's like, this is too much. There's it's, it's too like Greek minute is not this big of a favor on the WT tour. Kava, I believe <laughs> she's been okay indoors. Um, but with the speedy courts, I don't, I don't think it's going to look good. This is another one where like, I might get trolled incessantly because um, she might get 
absolutely whitewashed in this one, just absolutely railroaded. But, you know, again, over $4. I think the loss to Whitney Osigwe in, in Aussie qualities is really bad, and she hasn't played a match other than that. Um, but, yeah, the courts are going to favor men in that, but that isn't just baked into the price. It's kind of like gone way overboard in how much it's uh, it's been factored in. So at over $4, again, I think, I think there's value in Kava on at least a small play. I think the form uh, and lack of uh, matches really – kind of again another warning sign uh, but i'm not someone I, like i i'm not someone who can just say okay i've got a few warning signs i'm gonna pass like if i see value in a number i want to attack it i see value here so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna end up attacking it even though you know it's, it's I, I don't think she wins more than half the time let's put it that way i agree with that i think that that's the way to go it's kawa or pass if, if the courts were a little slower i'd be on board with you anything to add here spread no this is another one i'm staying away from so once again credit to jorge for uh for attacking <laughs> you know what what I mean, he probably does have a margin here, right? The line is probably a tad bit wrong, but still, it does take some gumption to go ahead and, and place that bet with a player that that. I mean, you could be right, right? I mean, she could get blown off the court. So, yeah, this, I mean, it's it's moving too. It's moving too. It's it's it went from four dollars twenty nine at Pinnacle, got bet down to about four dollars. It's four dollars forty six now. Four dollars fifty five. Who's at, betting men in at that price though? I don't know. Like, I believe who... Minnan's going to win, right? I mean, like, yeah. Like, if you absolutely force me to bet it, I'd probably bet the under or a Minnan spread, right? That's how much I think that she's going to win. I'm not getting anywhere near this. Who's putting this in a parlay? There, there's no value at all. I mean, like yeah. I said, I think the price is wrong. Um, wow, I'm really surprised that, that Minnan's taking money. Yeah, I think I think it's probably yeah, like you said, parlay liability in there somewhere. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to look at the courts and just think like with her serving and her ability to smack the ball around. Yeah, um, she's just she's not going to Kava may not be able to withstand rallies long enough to get to the 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 error that she's going to need to be produced to win points. Uh, and quick points could could go the way of uh, Minin and and it could be a quick match. I don't know. Like that's probably the rationale to get there on the Minin side. I'm just not anywhere close to no, that. That's I'm going to go ahead. Rationale and I have when I'm breaking down the match, but I just don't see that the price my, my belief that that's that's what's going to happen is not anywhere near the price i mean I, to get me to play men in here it would have to be like minus 250 right that's where yeah, I, that that's where sense. i consider it i mean this is just way too high yeah and that's like what 15 20 cents away i mean that's very 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 far away because she's almost minus 500 now yeah it's just yeah it's just crazy to me so uh, let's see if they know what we don't if she wins one and zero then we'll know hey we'll get, tip their cap to everyone who yeah put in, in their parlay this first round has the potential to get really ugly for me. Like not just a lot of losses, but there's the potential and a certain, you know, roadmap where they could just all lose heinously, like in just the ugliest fashion. But That's like, again, better. exactly. And the, the other part of it too, is like, you know, it's going to happen a certain percentage of the time. It's just the, the percentages don't line up with the prices and therefore we, I've got to make a play. So this is what, this is why the trolls on Twitter don't really get to me. I don't have many in the first place, but this is why they don't get to me because they don't understand the thought process that the, the, that goes into betting underdogs, right? They just say, Oh, they lost one and zero. You're an idiot. Well, no, I knew that was a possibility. Yeah. It's just, you know, how the possibilities line up with the pricing and, and the, when the, the percentages are skewed, that's when you make a bet. Yeah, it's fine. No, I mean, a huge part of this is not being afraid to look dumb because when you take right. huge dogs and then they get blown away, I mean, it just people weren't that's that's going to be people's response. Well, how did you not see that yeah. coming? I well, will say I mean, I've got a lot of practice and experience with looking dumb. So <laughs> at this point, it doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> All right. All right.
<laughs> Kiki Mladenovic, a big favorite here over Buzar Nescu. Mladenovic uh, right around minus 240. Buzar Nescu at plus 190. What do you think here, Spread? Uh, so, you guys, I think that uh, I'm higher on Kiki than anyone here. Um, I still, he's Kiki's like my Caroline Garcia, I would say, Jorge. Uh, I, I still expect her to come back and do well. And it's just it, year after year, tournament after tournament, it's just not happening. And unfortunately, the bias is still there. I lean Kiki, but since I do know it's a leak or a weakness in my game, I'm not going to bet it. The, the devil's advocate case for, for Kiki is, you know, her losses are only against pretty good players. Mm -hmm. Um, she lost to Teichman, she lost to Pagula twice, and I think Muguruza was the other one. Yeah, let me look. But, but um, you know, again, they're all solid losses, but I don't know about you, John. I'm not ready to, to jump up and down and, and start backing money on Mladenovic again. No, and I'll be on the other side again. This is another one. I, I just think that that Buzanescu can draw some parallels to Jill Teichman in a way, and I, I, I don't hate the comparison there. Now, again, these are, again, if the quicker courts could could favor Kiki, but, um, yeah, Mihaela should not be that that long of an underdog either. It's just hard to, to bet on her, you know, given kind of the lack of form. But um, next up, we've got Roos minus 190 against GU Wong plus 150. Um, I took Wong right around plus 160, kind of still like her at, at plus 150 or, or 2.5. Um, what do you think here, John? Oh, boy. This is, <laughs> I can already tell this is shaping up to be another week of just heavy underdog betting. 161 is available at Pinnacle. Um, uh, sorry, two dollars sixty-one plus one sixty-one. I should say um, two dollars sixty-five at Bet Hard for those who have it. Uh, cool Bet two dollars fifty-seven. So it's still in that uh, plus one sixty range, uh, pretty much across the board, except for like what Bet three six five, whose margins are crap. So, um, well, great for them, crap for the better. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's value in this too. Uh, Roos is just so out of form, um, you know, and I. I think this could be a very tight serve oriented match. And as a result, I think you could see some value on the dog. If it stays, if it's a tight match and a coin flip, you do have a ton of value in that number. This Anything head to head matter here? What's that? The head to head. You're not going to, you're not going to give any credence. I mean, they just played in. It's one and one and Wong beat her last time, I think. Yeah. And it well, was, it was uh, less than a month ago on a hard court. So I'm just wondering, I know. Why am I going to start now? <laughs> I would just say I think this is one of the cases where that would help me place that bet to join you guys uh, more than I understand. You know, or it's just, a match on clay obviously doesn't help you here, but it was it was uh, a month ago on a quicker surface, oh, okay. outdoors and indoors, but still uh, that that helps me get to the to the long side as much as Jorge. I don't even know that. I, I didn't remember. I didn't remember that match off the top of my head. And like yeah. people may not believe me when I say I don't forget whether I bake head to head into my pricing. I don't look at it. So like maybe there's a blind spot there for like 4% of matches where someone is like six nothing against the other guy. Okay. Or woman. Fine. I might miss that one scenario where it's it's a big deal, but I don't even look yeah. at the head to heads. It's not even something forget factoring it in. Everyone knows how much I hate head to head. It's not even something I look at. I don't care. I really don't. I just look at the matchup tomorrow on the courts. What do we got? And it's for me, GU does present a bit of value here. Yeah. Sasnovich minus Sasnovich minus one ninety, Bouchard plus one fifty. What do you think, Spread? You taking the Canadian? I mean, this is one of the ones, right? Where I mean, we have no idea the form of either of these players, right? Sasnovich, I mean, what should she do? She beat Lauren Davis. Okay. I mean, I'm not really, like, sold off that win. I mean, she beat Sorenko, another player that really, you know, is not what she used to be. 
Um, then we look at Jeannie, right? How much has she really been playing? Um, I mean, she failed to qualify in Australia, didn't she? I believe so, yeah. Open. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> that shows that she's not in the best form. I'm not getting involved, but if I did, I hate to say it, but we're taking the dog. It's a coin flip. So if you're going to give me plus 150 on what I essentially assume is a coin flip, I'll take it. I don't see how you can take the favorite here as much as I do like Sastinvich as a player. Yeah, losing to UA Wan, not very impressive um, <laughs> at yeah. all. Uh, she beat Abby Myers. Like She hasn't played, I think, anyone remotely close to a top 150, 200, 250 ranked player. Um, not just in rankings, but in terms of just like their level. It's not like either these either Abby Myers or UA Wan is someone who's like up and coming and ranked 500, but better than that. Like they're just not that great. Um, and you know, those aren't that's not a convincing win, and it's certainly not a good loss. But one X uh, came out with a very ballsy opener, and this is why, like, I don't use one X bet, but man, if you have one X bet, you need to watch their openers when they open before Pinnacle, they make some mistakes. They had Sastovich a plus 122 underdog when they opened wow. that line. Wow. Who who is making your lines? Who is pricing this up for you that thinks that Genie's a favorite in this? <laughs> he's got match? the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue on the wall as he's making the line. Oh my word. Like <laughs> now it, it got yanked right away because one better came in and knocked it down 49 cents with one bet. Mm-hmm. Like the, the initial line movement wasn't five or ten cents. It was down, it was taken down. They reposted it 49 cents later. Like, yeah, you got punished. Someone dropped probably what was close to a max staking that you would take on that. Um, <laughs> on that one, and they should have. That was an awful price. But now I'd agree with spread. I think, like, as bad as Ginny's been, there's no value on Sastovich left here anymore. She does like to uh, cough up sets randomly. So if you could get Ginny plus one and a half sets somewhere close to even money, um, when it, you know, as people continue to the fade Ginny angle, uh, I think that's probably where I'd look to go. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Stojanovic, Kirstea, two of our, our favorite players. Stojanovic, a big dog here, plus 225. But I think it makes sense given the conditions. Kirstea, right around minus 286. Any angles for either of you here? Another one. Another underdog, I think, that is is widely, you know, widely mispriced. I think Stojanovic doesn't mind quick court. She's got a big serve. I think she's five foot nine. Like she's she's got that ability to to hammer serves down. And I think she can keep this close. And if it's close, I mean, I'm giving me over $3. I, I kind of have to play the underdog in that spot. Uh, $3.35 again, bet hard $3.31. Like the average price looks nice um, on odds portal. Then you open it and you see, you get, you know, another 10 cents on the dollar um, because some of the, the books you use actually have better prices than the average, obviously. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's probably going to be a play as well. Throw Nina onto the, uh, as in the stock world, they call it your watch list. Uh, I'm building up as before I make my bets official, I'm trying to build a watch list here and she's going on. it. What do you think? Anything to add there, Spread? I don't understand these prices and I don't want to go in to a first round match of this low level tournament with this amount of variance on this many underdogs. But it's like, you know that we love Kirstea. I mean, but how, I don't understand where this price came from. She should be like minus 175. You should be getting like, Plus 140 on the comeback with Stojanovic. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I don't, is, is someone parlaying all these? Are they just worried about this? I'm really curious about these prices. And then I'm also worried that I'm going to bet all these dogs and then it's going to be a chalky <laughs> first round because that's yeah. not the craziest idea either. So um, this is this has really been a, a fun tournament to handicap, although I do feel a bit confused the more time I spend on it. 
I mean, Kirstea beating Kovitova, beating Benchich in the in the week prior down under, yeah. um, losing to Ann Lee, who ended up as like co-champion, I think, at Grampians. Yeah. Um, you know, Vondrasova is not a terrible loss for her. I was I was really pleased with it, though, because I had a ton of money on Vondrasova there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like absolutely hammered Patricia Maria Teague. I also have money on Teague, so that wasn't fun. But um, I, I do think her form is, is causing an overreaction here. I don't mm-hmm. think by any means Nina is, um, you know, Nina Stojanovic, I think played well as well down under. So it's a bit confusing to me. And there's two surfaces where I just don't like to play heavy favorites. One fast indoor courts against, and when the dog, when the underdog has a big serve, because they can serve their way, you know, stand the tie break. And then it's just right. Like they can serve their way into a close coin flip match. If they're on, if their serve is on that day, the other is clay where, Frankly, you know, if things slow down, it's the other way around. You get a, a pusher who can extend rallies, longer rallies, longer games, longer sets, and longer matches means generally they're closer. And when it's closer, you want to be on the side of the big plus money. So those are the two spots I don't like. She lost to Danielle Collins on fast courts and Serena Williams down under. Um, I mean, she beat Begu at a, as a huge underdog and, and beat Maya Sharif as a big underdog. She was two and two, lost to two very proficient um, hard quarters. Uh, f- sorry, fast hardcore players. And then she beat two players as a over plus 200 dogs. She's been in this spot before this year and won twice already. Like the books do not respect her and it's our job to punish them for it. And I am happy to do so. Tan playing Bedosa. Um, this is a match where Harmony Tan opened up as a, a solid favorite, uh, but Bedosa's taking a lot of money. We're looking at Harmony Tan right now, minus 106 or 1.94, Bedosa minus 115 or 1.87. And to steal a sp- phrase from spread, John, are you going to wait here and take some patient line value on Tan? <laughs> uh, if it continues to move that way, yes, I do think so. I think uh, before I even thought, I hadn't even thought about that angle that you had mentioned with the COVID and the the lack of play and probably having to get back up to speed. It's just there's a lot of factors going against Paula here. She's one of our favorites. I love betting her. We, she's like a, a Kuder Matova to us. We've just bet on her so much and won so much with her. Uh, but in this spot, quick indoor hards, um, she does have she does have a serve. Like she's not a you know. She, She's one of those players where I think people don't realize that she's she's probably just as comfortable on hard courts now as she as she would be on clay, um, and her game plays well on it. But uh, you know, Harmony Tan has a big game too, and I do think that um, all things considered, if if this gets to like plus one hundred five, if I can find that, then I will be uh, backing Tan. It is like there are some places I don't have accounts uh, because I just don't think they're great books that have a plus one hundred five right now. But you know, everywhere else I'm seeing plus one ninety threes plus or sorry. My, minus 107s, $1.93s, $1.95s. Uh, and I'm still, uh, you know, another five or 10 cents away from being able to pull the trigger there. Anything to add there, Spread? No, let's go to the next match. The last match, um, I don't know if anybody has anything to say here. Uh, Vigeli mm-hmm. at minus 250, Bara plus 200. We didn't even mention these names during prep. Excellent. <laughs> I think that puts a bow, guys, on the tournament in Lyon. Let's jump forward to Doha when we have some bigger names and a little more star power. We'll start in the first quarter, and we'll let you take it away here, Jorge. We've got Svitolina, Azarenka, Rybakina, some fun names there. Um, What do you think about your girls' fits, and how do you see this quarter shaking out? Uh, I love it for her, honestly. I think a lot of people are going to be, you know, looking at Vika and somewhat quick-ish courts. They're not, like, super fast. I believe it's um, Plexi Cushion we looked this up. So it's, it, I think it's probably in her wheelhouse. It's, it's, she can counter punch well here. Um, they're not, she's not going to be blown off the court in the, by anyone in this first quarter. Like, 
I refuse to get off the fade Vika train. Um, I think she could be gone first round. I know that you think that there's a problem spot in this uh, in this quarter four, and I'll let you get to it. But I think she's got the bye, and then she's got Sai Sai Zhang, who she should be able to handle. I don't think Sai Sai's you know pushing is gonna gonna trouble her too much. She's too consistent, and I mean, I, I, Anisimova is a huge favorite here, but boy, she hasn't. We haven't really seen her. She has. She played Orlando, I believe. Let me pull this up right now. Uh, last week on, I think, like, hard, true green clay. Um, yeah. But she lost to Claire Liu. She didn't lose. She she gave Claire Liu a walkover after doing three sets to beat 16-year-old uh, Robin Montgomery. Um, I call her, you know, Coco Goff is her saving grace, taking up all the limelight right now and allowing her to actually develop um, without too much pressure. Uh, but... You know that she's a good opponent, but needing three sets there is not encouraging at the price she was. And then, of course, uh, giving a walk over to Clearly You is somewhat troubling. I don't know why. Like, what player comes back, plays one match, and says, "Okay, I'm ready now. Let's go to uh, Qatar uh, and just play the next tournament." I feel like after no matches, you'd want at least a you know a two or three matches there, right? Like, I, I don't see her coming back, playing one close match, and saying, "Okay, I'm good. Let's go." No, and then walk, and then giving the walk over out. And then just leaving. I, that's I can't see that being the case here. So that that does concern me as well. So I do think that this is a great spot for Lena Svitolina, um, at least to get through her first match, which will be the second round, and into uh, the quarters. I think she's got an easy path to the quarters, and I do think that um, you know Vika could be gone right off the bat. And then I'll let you take it away. Who you think is the uh, the person that could trouble her? Yeah, Rybakina here sticks out to me. I think that these are nice conditions for her. Um, she's starting to round into shape and find some form. You know, the fly in the ointment there is that qualifier spot. That could be Jesse Pagula, which would be really mm. tough. That could be Krejcikova, which might be tough. Um, you know, those are the two big names that stick out to me. But I, I like these courts. I like this situation for Rybakina. So I'll wait and see who gets that qualifying spot, and you know, wait for a few more futures to open. I'm seeing eighteen to one now. I bet as more books open, I'll get a chance to take her at 20 to one to win this tournament. And I think I like that number quite a bit. What do you think of the first quarter spread? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm as high on the, the fade Vika train as Jorge, but I do def <laughs> definitely like Svitolina and Rybikina's chances a little bit more. Um, no one is spread. No one's as high on that train. Trust me. Yeah. I mean, you're the, you're the conductor to go ahead. Yeah, and I was gonna say. That one. <laughs> Indeed. I'm in first class, lifetime membership to first class on the Fate <laughs> and the Fate Venus train. Man, yeah. I've got yeah. Well, that, lot that, of trains. that line is named after you. <laughs> Second quarter, my girl Sabalenka there has the buy at the top. This really looks like her quarter to lose. Muguruza will likely be there in the second round. Maybe our girl Kudermatova will shock the world and win that first round match. I'm not really counting. Um, either way, I think if Sabalenka is playing even B plus 10 as she advances through this quarter um, and will be favored over who wins the first, it's a great spot for her. I think that's why she's favored to win the tournament at five to one. I don't see any value in that number spread. What do you see here in the second quarter? Anything bad? Yeah, I think I'm a little higher on Garbine chances than you are. I think that she definitely could give Sabalenka a match. And I think that if she were to win that match that she takes over as a prohibitive favorite at the top half of the draw. Yeah, I bet you yeah, this is, they're the two best players in the in this top half. Um, by a f like for the courts, um, probably by a, a wide margin, not a wide margin. I think you'd have to have three tiers of players there than the top tier, and then like Svitolina and then everyone else. Um, although that's really disrespectful to Elena Rybakina, put her in that second tier with Svitolina, I suppose. Um, 
it's just that it's a tra- it's a travesty you have to play second round. I feel really bad for both of them. I think they should both be, you know, people who we we should see that as a semifinal or a final. That should not be a second round match um, here, especially given like you know Madison Keys, Belinda Bencic, Meyer Shreve, Maria Sakari. Uh, you know, <laughs> some of these some of these players that are going to get to the second round and potentially third uh, third round, aka quarterfinals, is is sad when you think that uh, one of them has to be out. But I will say, if I get like a plus one fifty on Garvey. Um, against Sebelink, I'd probably take that. I th- I'd probably have that much closer, like spread said, to a 50-50 match. It speaks to the quality of the draw here, and it's a perfect segue to circle back to what I wrote down earlier. All right, guys, who are the two best players in this tournament? I'll, I'll start with uh, you, John. As you start to look at the field, who do you think the two best players are? Uh, I could make a case that we just talked about them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think if Jen Brady is is – you know, we have to see how she looks. I think coming off the Australian Open final defeat, um, she she could be in that conversation. I think Sabalenka right now has to be one of the two. Absolutely, the way things have gone for her. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, who else? Petra's not in great form. Carolina's not in great form. Uh, I, I would say those two. I'd say Sabalenka Muguruza right now. I mean, Muguruza should have she should have beaten Osaka at the, at the Aussie Open. The fact that she yeah. lost that was unreal. I mean, not to go on too much of a tangent, but Muguruza wins that. Serena Williams could be the champion. So it's crazy how these things work out. Um, you know, I'm still higher on, on Pliskova. I think this could be a good service for her. And, um, but, yeah, I think you guys make good points. I think I'm really just trying to be contrarian because if you didn't mention those two, I would have mentioned those two. Um, maybe it's Fidelina because we can always count on her consistency. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, this is by far I, – I, I'd have to agree with you. Those are the two best players. So for the sake of comparison, we have Sabalenka, Brady, Muguruza, and Pliskova as our candidates. Uh, versus the other tournament was Alexandrova, Dodan, Garcia, and uh, Spread attempted to make a case for Sasnovich or Bouchard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the third quarter Let's of the it. much better tournament here. Right. We have Jennifer Brady, which this is just a lot of question marks here. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Brady off her best appearance ever at a Grand Slam. Annette Contivate seemingly with a down arrow. Angelique Kerber looking better, maybe it is an odd number year, which seemingly is a good thing for her. Pavla Yuchenkova is always kind of a wild card. And then Kvitova, the defending champion, who absolutely loves playing here, has looked terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. Just a mess. It's really hard to pick this quarter apart. I think it's just kind of a, a huge stay away for me. Uh, Spread, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a great chance for Kvitova to get back on track. And, and Brady's one that we'll talk about. Um, I don't know about physical fatigue, but there probably is some mental fatigue losing that final. So um, I think that if she – it's funny, even if she would lost to the semis or the quarters, we'd probably be a little higher on her. Uh, but because of that finals appearance and, and the way it turns out, uh, I think that, you know, I would go chalk here and, and take Kvitova. Anything to add, John? Yeah, I'm intrigued by Kvitova. Um I, I do think there are question marks, as you mentioned. Uh, I, I like Kerber here as well at uh, I think 20 to 1, is it? Um, with Bet365, I do think that, that that's a nice little number. I'm interested to think – like I, I think the rollover might be a little tougher just because of her first-round match providing almost no value at all to that rollover uh, Moneyline parlay. I'm anxious to see how big of a dog she would be to Jennifer Brady. Um, and then probably, what, Kvitova, Pavlyuchenkova. She, I think someone like her should eat up Pavlyuchenkova if, if she pulled the upset on Petra, uh, qualifier, or Petra herself. I think that Angelique Kerber, there's there's a decent amount of value in that because the fourth quarter is fairly, for, my, for me anyway, fairly weak. Um, and my other 
outright pick is going to come from that quarter as well. So I'd love to see, um, you know, kind of uh, a semifinal matchup between my two uh, outrights. That would be fun. All right, Spread, let's jump into the fourth quarter and we'll let you take it away. Kiki, Burton, Zasta, Penko, Wang Jiang, Ons Jabor, and Karolina Pliskova. Um, just a whole bunch of names that we talk about, some that we like and, and some that we don't. But uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I like it. We got some hitters in this quarter, and then we got uh, Wong and Jabor. So uh, Penko, big news, back with Bartoli. Um, don't know how much that matters, but I saw uh, pictures and footage of her, Bartoli, and Sabalenka having a practice session together. I would have loved to see the tennis balls when they were done with that. They were probably ripping the shreds off it. I would have loved to see those rallies. Um, Kiki Burton's obviously uh, is, you know, I'd expect her to do well here. It's her first match since the French Open. So, uh, you know, not a lot we can put into that. I wouldn't be surprised if she got past Penko in the first round, though. It's almost like a perfect first-round matchup for her. Some that will bang with her, but they will make mistakes. Um, Wong is looking a little better now. Still has yet to find that form that she had a couple years ago when she really made a name for herself. Love Jabor here. I think that her – I think she should beat the qualifier – and, and her versus Pliskova should be a great match in the second round and would not be surprised to see if she was able to take that mat, take that over. So uh, I love this quarter as a fan. I think it's betting value. I think it's all over the place. Um, so I'm not going to go ahead and make an outright from this quarter, but I think it's all fascinating matchups, and I can't wait to see the second round. How about you, John? Did you have an outright picked here? Um, in the fourth quarter, I do like Own Shabur. I do. I, I think fading Carolina Pliskova right now is the right move. Um, Owens has the variety that could uh, could get to her. Uh, spread is there is there some sort of head to head I'm missing here? I'm, <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go on check what? that out. He's on Pliskova and Jabor. Um, I can't. I think that it's a good matchup for Owens. I think courts that aren't too quick, like the quicker courts aren't terrible for her. it's one all, both three setters. Yeah, I think she should, uh, and including a, a win here for Jabor last year. I think this was her breakout tournament, wasn't it? Wasn't Doha yeah, kind of the? Yeah. yeah, I do. I do think this is where she uh, she had all that support. Um, as I think the lone woman from that Middle East region that, you know, frankly had a chance to do anything um, like other qualifiers. Yeah. So I think that uh, I do think that, that I, I, I like the matchup for Ons there. She's, you know, held it close in the past. I'm going to put air quotes around that. Cause I do think that head to head is narrative based, but um, yeah, it's, it's something where I'm really intrigued here at, at 18 to one. I do think that that price is off because I think they're loaded with two qualifiers are going to be down here as well. Correct. Um, in this, in this, quarter uh panko doesn't scare yes. me wong chong is i mean she has not looked good folks just not good um and i'm happy to to try and oppose her kiki Burton's first match back since what was it the french open uh, it's really just plishkova standing in jabour's way and and you know not being upset by the qualifier first round 18 to 1 is a nice price i would love to see a kerber um jabour semifinal so i can get something into the final there at a nice at a nice price but i'll have those are my two outrights for this tournament here i'll have um Jabour and Kerber. Yeah, I like Jabour too here. I think that that's a nice look and just kind of a very manageable spot here. Um, any other thoughts here, guys, before we recap quickly? Nope. I'll be looking for Rybakina. John just told you his two outrights. Again, Jabour, which I'll be joining him there, and then Kerber as well. Any outrights for you, Spread? No, not yet. I'll, I'll, I'll let everyone know if I end up landing on one. All right, let's go through the first round matches. You know, we don't have a ton of prices at a ton of places, but hopefully these are mostly directionally correct. So let's start with Kiki Burton's playing Ostapenko. Burton's minus 133, or right around like 1.77 or so. Um, Panko plus 104, 2.04. What do you think, Spray? Are you taking your girl as a dog? 
I mean, we usually say Penko is a dog, um, but I don't know. I kind of expect Kiki. She's she's a pro. Like, I think that she's going to show up in shape and ready to go. So, um, you know, I think her lack of activity just had to do with her disdain more for the protocols and not wanting to go through them with the amount of money that she has uh, rather than, like, a lack of dedication to the sport, um, you know. So I, I think, actually, Burton's might have slight value here, but I'm not going to play it because there's just too much unknown. It, it's bizarre, and I'm generally bad at Kiki Burton's matches anyway. Do you have oh, anything yeah, to add, John? about that. We won't ask you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I bet one. I really like that she hasn't been playing tennis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> really appreciate the break, Kiki. Anything um, to add here, John? No, I think Spread summed that up perfectly. I think Kiki probably showing a bit of value, but there's reasons for it, and those reasons probably make the line about correct um, when you factor everything in. So, yeah, I, I agree with Spread. This is probably priced about right. Brady minus 222 versus Contevate plus 170, one of my favorite players to bet on. On hard courts, this is one of my least favorite players to bet on on hard courts. But Brady coming off off the big showing here. Normally, I'd be looking to you know parlay her probably at two twenty two, maybe even look at some spreads and stuff. Um, what do you think about this match, John? Oh boy, I, I kind of want to bet a net here. Um, as you know, Spread and I, as everyone who has watched this long enough knows, Spread and I are have the exact opposite opinion of, of Annette on hard courts to do. So we have different assessments. And I do, I want to bet it, but man, ugh, if these courts, if it's a daytime match and the courts are playing somewhat quickly, it's going to be really tough uh, sledding for her. I might try and look at plus games, which I hate, hate doing at anything under four. I don't know if I'll get a plus four. If I get a plus four... I might take that and just take my games and see if I can get, you know, seven, five, seven, six, take a set, um, see, see how far the plus sets um, market goes. Again, this could be totally wrong. This is only one small book that has it. Um, and Bovada, I believe has it as well, but other than that, and they don't have spreads or anything. So if this comes out and they, and the, the rest of the market and books open key, uh, a net plus net 140, then it becomes a much easier decision to pass. Right. So this is all, um, you know, kind of up in the air right now. But at this price point, I would probably want to get involved somewhere in some way on a net contravene. Anything to add there, Spread? Yeah, it's dog or pass, but I think that it's be pretty presumptuous just to assume that because Brady had a tough time in that Australian Open final, she's automatically going to show up with some sort of hangover. So uh, that's why I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, Matchup-wise, I think, you know, the, the price is right just looking at the way that the players match up on these particular courts in the surface. So uh, it's a stay away from me. But if you were to force me to pin me down, it'd be a dog or pass situation. Kerber, a sizable favorite over a woman whose last name I can't even begin to pronounce. Um, minus 588 for Kerber, plus 400 there on the dog. John, what do you think of the dog? Is she on your list? <laughs> no. Um I think you'd have to put out a minus six and a half to get me to not bet on Angie Kerber here. I don't know what Kyla Buyukashai, uh, Kajla, I believe, Buyukashai can really do um, here to trouble Angie. I think this is a, a terrific matchup for Angie. She can uh, kind of be the aggressor, but but still play with that, you know, kind of controlled counterpunching aggression she has. Uh, this is one where I, I genuinely believe the spread should come out at minus six. Um, probably actually six and a half. I'd, I'd, I'd say I, I'd, if I'm a book, I'm setting this at six and a half. This is a big spread for me. Uh, and we'll see where the market puts it. Five and a half. I'm in uh, six. Eh, it's close. Uh, five or less. It's going to be a play like, and probably a one. Anything bad, Mr. Astaire? Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't join Jorge on that. I was not, I didn't like the way the Angie played there. And um, well, although it well, makes sense. It just, I, I understand the concern. I understand that concern. That match against Para was 
you know, awful. It was, it was awful. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. But the week prior in her return, she was completely mispriced. I made a bunch of cash saying this is still Angelique Kerber. We do, do people know this is still Kerber? Like she was uh, should should have been priced way differently against Sinyakova. She was, I think I got her plus 180 against Jabour. I got her about minus 120 against Sinyakova. She's on what world? Like, I don't understand the pricing here. I, and it came back to bite me. I gave a lot of that back in the para loss and fine. Okay, whatever. Um, that that Maria Sakari, Sakari match, Sakari, however you want to say it, um, it was close. She was up 4-1 in the first set. Then I think she won two games the rest of the way. I have never seen M- Maria serve that well. Okay, the con you got to put that that kind of complete turnaround in that match into context. Maria just wasn't giving her anything. She was hitting like second serve aces. Like it was just something that I I haven't seen. And you could just tell Angie was like, I'm a great returner. There's not nothing I can even do in this spot. Mm-hmm. So I think when I, doing the tape study on all those matches, I do think Kerber um is is someone I still think is playing half decently. Uh outside of that para match, I think the market hates her for some reason. I don't understand it. Uh, and I do think that, you know, because of that, I'm gonna get a nice I get I got a nice price on the outright. And I hopefully will get if I can get like a four and a half on this match, I'm I'm just gonna go to town um on, on as many books as possible. All right. I won't though. Moving forward, this will be another fun match. Muguruza, Kudermatova. Muguruza minus 233. Kudermatova plus 179. Makes sense to me. I would like to find a way to attack Kudermatova here, but I think the market has this right about where I would expect it to be. Seems like you agree, John. Yeah, it's... Boy, you see that that big number beside uh, Veronica's name, and you want to attack it. But I just think this is this is a nice spot for uh, for Muguruza, and I think it's really unfortunate. Again, a lot of the best players got clumped up in the same little section here. Um, I really wish we had a you know kind of spread out the draw a little bit and given some of these uh, some of these women a chance to pick up a few wins. How about you, spread anything to add? Any angles yeah, for you? Yeah, I think Muguruza is going to win, but I'm not going to lay that price. So just move on to the next match. As a rank of minus two twenty two against Kuznetsova plus one seventy, um, you know, John, you're on the fade uh, Vika train here. Um, this might actually be a back price for Azarenka if she can find you know anything close to the form she had last year. But are you taking Kuznetsova here? I will be if I get this price at uh, any of my books. I do think Kuznetsova's uh, game could could look pretty decent against Vika. Uh, I think she can, yeah. The problem with, with fading Vika, whether it's in terms of having success is the match is almost always on Vika's racket and you really require someone that's, that can hit with her, not be hit through completely. Like you can't give her wide open courts. um, So you can't be a pure pusher. And I think Kuznetsova has that to her game. I think she can counter punch well. And I think she can extend the rallies long enough to try and coax enough errors out of Vika. I do think this one is closer than, um, (laughs) <laughs> that scared me. Um, closer than, uh, than, than the price implies. <laughs> the dog is okay. I have confirmed. Oh, oh, no, that was not the dog. That was my wonderful fiance, and she saw a mouse, apparently. Uh, <laughs> well, that'll give me something to do after the show. It's great. Hey, if you only had cats named after WTA tennis players, there'd be no mouse. <laughs> yeah, that would create another problem. I have a cat that I'm allergic to living in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Zachary minus 588, Sharif plus 400. I got nothing. Any, how about you guys? Technically, there's value on Sharif, but I'm not playing it. I mean, I'd, we'd be on every dog <laughs> the way that they're, they're lining these. But uh, doesn't that seem a little doesn't that seem a little pricey to you, John? It seems like books have no idea what they're doing with Mayar Sharif. Yeah. I mean, she was good. so overvalued. But, I mean, just in terms of the consistency of how they've priced her up she was mm-hmm. so overvalued in aussie open qualies 
And then she was overvalued like crazy against Nina Stoyanovich. And then she was overvalued like crazy against Chloe Paquette. And it's like, I look at these matches. I'm like, you had her overvalued all season. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to completely go against it and be like, nah, she's a plus 400 dog. Yeah. I don't understand the rationale. Like, I understand maybe if it over time as form adjusts and, you know, the books kind of learn more on these players, maybe a gradual decline in her price. But, like, this is just, like, snap decision. She's gone from way overvalued to way undervalued. I, I, it really it really puzzles me. And, and for that reason, I don't think we're going to see this be the actual line uh, once uh, the kind of sharper books get involved at, at setting their markets. Because, again, we don't have many. Uh, I think this is probably just a, a mistake from uh, a smaller book um, that we're seeing on Odds Portal right now. I, I do think Pinnacle and, and we'll have this a little bit closer. Or they've all just decided we were we were dead wrong. People like John really punish us for it. And now we've got to start um, you know, acting and treating Maya Sharif like the good but not great player she is on hard courts. <laughs> Final match we have to cover here, Anna Samova. Um, and the first time she's played at the WTA in a little while, John, you touched on that earlier, minus 270 against Sai Sai Zhang, plus 200. Probably lean the dog here, but again, there's just a lot of unknown here. I don't know if I'm getting involved or either. Are you getting involved? Are people just parlaying yes. all the favorites? Where are these prices coming from? And we, I alluded to this earlier with, with Anisimova, that that withdrawal kind of – Puts up a red flag. I think that Sai Sai Zhang has that game to really push her anyway, that pushy game um, to really annoy Amanda. And I think that that even without that uh, kind of red flag, $3 or plus 200 for Anisimo's first real WTA test um, since coming back, that's a big price. And I'm, I'm, I'll be on that if it comes, again, if it comes out elsewhere. Anything over plus 160, I would say, is, is backable. I mean, this is 40 cents off. This is not a little bit off. This is way off. Yeah, I'll I be would looking say to attack saying at least plus five games. Shows we've done. This is this is the most the worst that they price the dogs. Where I mean it just seems like there's value on every dog. I mean, obviously we're dog betters to begin with, and that's what you know we're doing the podcast together because we have that similarity. But it it just seems almost egregious this week at some of the favorites prices for this first round. I mean, usually I'm like pass, 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 pass. It seems like I want to get involved in almost every single one of these underdogs, which scares me because it makes me think that I'm not seeing something. Because it just seems like it, every single match, it just seems like the the underdogs getting too much value. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Again, we only have um, you know one, maybe two books open. You know, we're a little bit early here, so we'll see yeah, how these true. things settle down. But for now, it seems like there's a lot of value on the dogs. But that's it, guys. Anything else to add here before we wrap? Go, let's go. Yeah, I Thanks can't believe we got watching. 45 minutes out of Leon. That that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like a 15 minute segment. So. I think that's credit to us for, for finding the content here uh, with that field of the tournament. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for listening. Again, follow us at NetworthPod on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow with a men's show and be tweeting out some outrights and things again um, as qualifiers are placed here. And uh, we'll see you soon. Good luck.